Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. Welcome to the podcast, love the graps. Um, my name's Chris. I'm on the line with Alan. Hello. There he is. There's Alan. Um, this is a wrestling. This is a wrestling podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a wrestling podcast. What do you want? Hey, what are you even? Why have you even pressed play on this for? What's wrong with you? Do something else. Jesus. Oh, thanks for listening. Um, get on the Facebook group. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll speak to you next time. Go to bed. What if people did actually go <laughs> to bed now? <laughs> what if I had that power just to just to record a podcast and it instantly put people to sleep? What when, if there was? I think we do have that power. <laughs> what if there's a whole nation of insomniacs because for the last three weeks you haven't told them to go to bed? <laughs> Well, there's an archive of over 150 episodes that they could have dipped back into. Um, yeah, welcome to our wrestling podcast where we watch wrestling and then talk about wrestling, as you may or may not have been aware, um, depending on how often you even listen to this thing. Um, we haven't really done it. We haven't felt like doing it for a few weeks. No. Um, weird time for British wrestling, um, wrestling as a whole, I guess. Uh, in one way or another, but very specifically British wrestling. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're going to address, like, the elephant in the room. Yeah. So no, don't mean um, myself. <laughs> it, that lockdown diet is not going well, is it? <laughs> it really isn't. No, no. Um, yeah, so uh, about three weeks ago, um, some uh, brave women and some men as well, um, spoke out about some uh, allegations of sexual abuse and and physical abuse and uh, bullying and there was a, a wide range of things um, going on uh, in the in the wrestling business primarily in the British wrestling business um, and after that a lot of people didn't even feel like um, talking about wrestling let alone watching wrestling and the idea of doing a, a comedy podcast about wrestling was the the furthest thing from our minds. Um, you know, I think I can speak for Chris here that I've, I've taken the last few weeks to um, just listen um, because I'm uh, a straight white male. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm middle aged, if, if I'm honest. Um, you know, I'm quite far removed from um, the, the situation. So so there is very little that my voice could add to it um, at that point. Um, so I just decided to sort of take a listening stance um, and just uh, hear what was going on um, and hopefully um, see that, that things will come out the other side a bit better. Um, you've had a slightly different approach to it, Chris, because, you know, as people who listen to this podcast will know, you're a promoter as well. Yeah, after a fashion. Um, yeah, um, you know, we we have been um, constantly discussing it between myself and, and uh, the other 
people behind good wrestling. Um, we've put out a couple of little statements and, and we'll have some more information probably in the next couple of weeks about our plans going forward. But um, I think I think what we what we have right now is almost a, a gift because we have time to be able to work out what exactly it is we need to do to fix British wrestling yeah. or go some way to fix in British wrestling. Um, and, you know, I'm seeing a lot of things thrown around. I'm seeing a lot of um, very bold statements from, from different corners of the wrestling internet um, because that's, how, that's the only place wrestling exists right now in Britain is on the internet um, and on social media. Um, there are no arenas, there are no schools active. So, um, you know, it really just is a bunch of people, um, you know, listening and talking, but it's all happening on the internet. Um, and I am hopeful that uh, a good portion of responsible grown-ups can forge a path that is a is a way forward for British wrestling. Whilst I think a lot of people are very disheartened by it, I know I am. I know I've had moments over the past couple of weeks where I've been like, you know what, do I want to be involved in this anymore? Um, I think there are a lot of people that are very passionate about it, um, myself included, and both my brother and Emily that, that are also involved in good. Um, feel very strongly that we'll be back and um, hopefully able to do right by um, the good ones uh, yeah. out there. Um, but it is a wait and see at the moment. It's, it's, you do everything you can because there isn't, there isn't a solution right now or there isn't, there isn't act, there's only so much action you can take right now because, yeah, you know, and nobody with any sense is planning on putting on the show in the next few months. Well, I mean, the thing for me is that we have got this period to to try and get the house in order. And it, it's difficult to say um, get the house in order because it, it isn't one unified thing. Um, it's lots of, of independent people in small buildings all over the country doing their own thing. But we, we all know that there are some good promotions out there that are doing it right, um, that make their fans feel welcome, that treat their talent right. And hopefully, you know, they'll be continuing. And to be honest, when we come back, let's say January is, is when we come back. Um, I'm going to be there because otherwise this has all been for nothing. Um, there are people who have done absolutely nothing wrong. Um, there are people who've who've had um horrible abuse happened to them and they deserve to have something to come back to um, they deserve to have a way to make their living a way to express themselves through their art and without uh, British wrestling coming back um, in a safe way um, that you know will still have to be discussed between talent and promoters and promoters and fans as to establishing those safe guidelines but hopefully once that's done when British wrestling comes back um, it will be in a much better place, and it, and it does need to to make all this sacrifice absolutely worthwhile. Yeah, I think that's very well put. Um, 
can only, you know, work towards something. What that's yeah. going to be, I don't know right now. Um, and also, you know, I think it is down to, you know, each individual promotion to take responsibility for what they've done in the past and for what they're going to do going forward. Um, yeah. Because nobody's going to fix it for you. As much as somebody wants to talk about centralised sort of safeguarding protocols and you know, governing bodies, I personally cannot see that happening. So everybody needs, to, like, I hope I hope there aren't people sitting back going, I'll wait for somebody else to make the decisions for me because that, that feels incredibly short-sighted in my so just you work out what the hell it is that needs fixing and you work towards fixing it. Yeah. And that's all I've got to say on the matter right now. Okay. I've said my bit. Yeah. All right. Do you want to, like, I mean, should we talk about something stupid instead then? Yeah, so... Like I said, for the last few weeks, um, it's not been the right time to do a comedy podcast. You've not really been watching wrestling at all. Um, I think you, no. you dipped your toe into the New Japan Cup for a bit, mm. but then I think... No, yeah, I the, watched the first two New Japan Cup shows, then this all blew up, and then I was yeah. out. Yeah, I've, I've still been watching wrestling because it is kind of my main form of escapism, and... Um, the, the rest of the world, not just what's been going on um, speaking out, is so horrible that I do still need to escape. Mm. Um, so I've, I've been watching um, AEW. Um, I, I thought that the, the, the way they reacted to some of these accusations to some of the people accused was, was really good. Um, others, it's like, still to be decided. Um, and I've been watching GCW, um, who for a promotion of ex-cons and ex-Nazis, um, seem to be mostly uh, clean from this sort of thing, um, which is the the most surprising thing in 2020. So I've enjoyed doing that, um, but there's there's been nothing really sort of um, worth having a, a, a light chat with uh, some forced jokes about until Chris Brooks came along, and Chris Brooks, not for the first time, um, has uh, done something that has, has pulled our fat out of the fire. And he created his own show for DDT because I don't know if you know, Chris, he lives in Japan now. Um, oh, yeah, he's in Japan, isn't he? Yeah. And he was given his own show uh, and it was broadcast live on um, Wrestling Universe, formerly DDT Universe. Um, but now it's got Noah on there as well. Um, and oh, there was a bit where they, they, they after the show, they had a little chat show and they were discussing the change of name um, and that they've got Noah um, and Brooks also said, oh, yeah, we've got Muscle as well, which is that promotion that uh, Super Sasadango Machine runs once a year. Um, so, you know, right, just okay. add them in, you know, throw That's them added in. Value. You know, added, added value, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to put them in there. And um, so he did the, the, the Chris Brooks produced show, uh, Super Extravaganza, No Fans, number one uh, from Shinkiba First Ring on uh, Monday morning, our time. Um, and uh, I said, right. Let's do a pod about this. And you were like, it was, it was Monday to... morning their time. Was it? Yeah, it was 10.30 a.m. this show took place in Japan. So it must have been Sunday then. Well, no, I mean, very late. Like, you're talking yeah. like 1 a.m. 
I, something like that. Yeah, I I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. I'm just saying. Um, I'm just saying. Like this place in in their time zone, place at 10 a.m. Right. So, right. Do you know until month, until fifth until 1577 clocks didn't have minute hands, and I kind of feel like that now that I'm just kind of going by hours, and I'm not even sure of that anymore. Um, I've just watched Midsummer, um, where in, at midnight in Sweden it's still really light. Um, so not probably a good reason to visit Sweden. The the happenings of the film Midsummer not a good reason to to visit. I don't the, know uh, that that is. Like, I wouldn't. I mean, taking out the um, folk horror of Midsummer, I don't think I want to go somewhere where it's sunny at midnight. Really, I'd like to. Yeah. No, no. Like, I get annoyed when it's still light and it's nine thirty at the moment. Right. Like, I just wanted to like let's get let let's let's have some darkness, please. Yeah. Come on. There's a Stop messing around. There's a golf course in Alaska that only closes for an hour a day in the summer. Right. Because yeah. they can just play all the way through. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know what time it is, but it happened Monday morning, Sunday night, whenever. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I said, Chris, let's watch this, and you were like. No, I don't want to watch Preston. I said, Chris, watch this. And you were like, all right, I'll watch it. So this is another one of those times where Alan has made Chris watch professional wrestling. And we're going to talk yeah. about it on a, uh, a lighthearted comedy podcast full of levity. Yeah. I mean, I watched it, all right? I watched <laughs> it. Yeah, I watched it. So what? I, um... Yeah, Alan did message me saying, oh, we're going to do a pod- let's do a podcast. I thought, oh, God, who is this? I deleted Alan's number, frankly. I'm not sure who it was. It took me a while to work it out. And then once I'd worked out who it was, who was messaging me, I was like, oh, who's Chris Brooks? And I had to Google that and work out who Chris Brooks was because I'd forgotten. I'd, I'd scrubbed it from my memory. And I was like, Quite understandably. God, is he still doing wrestling? Where? Is- oh, he's in Japan, is he? Oh, great. Well, well, and he's got his own show. What they give? He's got his own show. And then I remembered, I remembered all this other stuff. Like just stuff kept flooding back into my memories. It was like, it was like PTSD. It's like, <laughs> it's like I go through like hypnotic, like reversion therapy, and it was all just coming flooding back to me. All these terrible, terrible memories of like inflatable people and. Oh, I don't know, mad curtain. <laughs> <laughs> people getting bloody barbecue skewers stuck in their heads and, and uh, all sorts of stuff. And I was just like, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready. I'm not sure I'm ready, Alan. But then I was like, well, I'll put it on in the background while I'm working. So that's what I did. Yeah. Whereas I actually sat down and watched it because, as I've said before, I care about the listeners of this podcast and I feel they need to know my my full uh, opinion from full attention uh, on a, a very full um, card of a professional wrestling. I thought I'd just try and say full quite a lot there, but I ran and out of steam. I, and I appreciate you making that statement in contrast to the way I feel about the listeners and the podcast. Yes. Yes. Um, I love our listeners. No? <laughs> Even Jan Buxton and his fact-checking service. Even though he thinks I'm not the best one on the podcast, still love him. Still love him. Um, so yeah, so 
this was uh, Chris Brooks's own show. DDT have done this kind of thing before. They usually do it over the summer when they have the, the beer garden um, shows and uh, they tend to give over a show a day to a different stable um, or a different kind of minor brand. Um, but Japan's as weird as, as, as here at the moment. They have got um, some shows with fans uh, attending. Um, they're, they're not quite as bad as us. They, they, their prime minister didn't try and kill half his population. Um, I know that's a weird approach to take, um, considering uh, the, the actions of, of Bozza, legend Bozza, um, or, or Mr. Trump. Um, but yeah, their, their prime minister actually tried to sort of keep a, a lid on things. And so they're in a better place than we are. Um, but this was a, a no fans show at Shinkiba First Ring. Um, I don't quite know why it was no fans. Because um, well, it was at 10.30 on a Monday morning. Yeah, I mean, I'd have gone. Well, I mean, I'd have been at work, but the amount of work I'm doing at work lately, I probably could have popped out. Yeah. You know, if I worked in a library around the corner from Shinkiba First Ring. I'm not sure there is one. And if there is, I don't think I'd be able to read any of the books. Right, right. Yeah. So they're in foreign. They are in foreign, not just in foreign, Chris, but in nonsense. Yeah. Don't even use letters. No. Might as well be washrooms. Washrooms, some kind of scribble. <laughs> so, I mean, in many ways, this was this was an ideal show, really, in that it only had two matches on it. And uh, it was the, the actual kind of wrestling part of the show was done in under an hour. Um, so, I mean, I, I have seen some people talking about when uh, British wrestling comes back after after Rona jogs on, as uh, Drew Parker put it on this show, um, that maybe you know, we might have to accept um, smaller, smaller cards. Um, I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. Give me a, a two match card uh, in under an hour. Um, charge me a fiver. I'm there. Do you know what I mean? It's it's perfect. Um, so that's what we got. We've got two matches. And then a weird little talk show at the end. And the best thing about this was everything was in English. That was the best thing about it. Yeah, because it, it? it's zero effort. You know, I could just sit there and the dulcet tones of okay. Mr. Haku, who runs the, the English language DDT service, flooded into my brain. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you my favourite. I'm going yeah. to just skip on a little bit. My favourite thing about it was that Mr. Haku and Shota on commentary, they did not care for Chris Brooks at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> they did not like him. They were shitting all over him. And that's the kind of reaction to Chris Brooks I can appreciate. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of, it's quite something when... Uh, you, you produce your own show and even the commentators hate you. Yeah. They're like, he's a terrible person. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the, the show opened with um, Chris Brooks looking a little bit different from his time in Japan, um, looking like he'd gone native a little bit. Um, he looked a little, a little Japanese uh, and his hair looked drawn on, his hair and beard, uh, introducing the show. Um, and then we got some uh, backstage interviews with Chris mm -hmm. Brooks and uh, Miyu Yamashita, who is from Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, and Chris Brooks, uh, she, she said she was going to 
um, kick his head, um, yeah. which again, you know, we're all in favour of. And he said he was going to hunt her chin, um, which I thought was a, just that's a bit raw. Yeah, he said that she's got the biggest chin of all. Yeah, it was a bit a bit harsh. Well, I, I mean, think her chin was particularly big. I mean, Antonio Inoki's around, mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the first match was uh, Chris Brooks against Miyu Yamashita. Um, they'd mm-hmm. kind of been on opposite sides of a tag match recently and people had really liked it. So everyone had been saying, oh, yeah, give him a match, give him a match. It wasn't for Chris Brooks's universal title, um, which, to be honest, I didn't know he'd won back. Um, I knew he had it originally and then lost it, but I didn't even know he'd won it back. So well done, Chris. You know, shows I'm keeping yep. up with your career. Um, yep. you know. um, but it wasn't for the title. But um, they, they did have a, a, a cool little match. And the thing that I really liked about it was it reminded me of, of all those times uh, of seeing Chris Brooks against Nixon Newell um, and uh, Millie McKenzie, um, that Chris Brooks really is great at getting an agenda match to feel like it's a real fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's something, I mean, like, you know, as much as I, I, I'm, I'm playing on, I'm playing at, like, disliking Chris Brooks. I'm just playing. Um, but he, you know, he's got the u- unique, he's being that long man, being such yeah. a long man, like there's instantly that disparity between him and the vast majority of the women he steps into the ring with. So you instantly got that, you know, you've got that conflict, but he plays it so well. Because yeah. he's not because he's because he's a tall man, but he's not a big man. No. So it kind of it works. It works because it is it does have that. Mo- you have the instant like he is intimidating because he's tall. He has that advantage. But as soon as they like start wrestling him, like the playing field is leveled, and you and you, you it gives that it gives a nice dynamic. It's he 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 knows what he's doing. He knows. What yeah, I, lo- I like the way that he'll use his physical advantage, which is is his height mainly. Although you know he's packed a bit of frame on. Um, I think it's the, all the uh, I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the he's all the kebab rich. shops over there that he's been yeah. frequenting. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, he uses it not to um, not to bully uh, or to to throw his weight around um, or throw his size around. He uses it just to be a dick, um, and. That's that's just pure Chris Brooks, and it, it, it just makes it uh, a joy to watch. And Yamashita is not even one of the smaller women as well, so the, the the size differential wasn't that big. But you know, it was a believable fight, really fun match, um, and just made me realise what I've been missing lately. Um, you know, fine. I've been watching AEW, I've been watching GCW. There's been a, a couple of Alley Cat matches uh, on the GCW show, so uh, I've got a bit of of intergender action. Um, but I love a good intergender match because it, it shows that um, the the women, the female wrestlers, um, like I've always said, they're just smaller men and it gives them a chance to really go. Um, and this this showed that Yamashita could really, really go and kick Chris Brooks in the head. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think they... From what I can gather, there was hints later on of her challenging maybe for the title. Yeah. Um, so why the hell not? Yeah. Um, and then the second match uh, was uh, Drew Parker. 
remember Drew Parker? Do you remember Drew Parker? Of the YOLO squad. Of the YOLO squad, yeah. Um, that, that Drew Parker against the... I thought he disappeared to become a wolf. No, no, he um he moved to Japan to become oh, the okay. the urchin prince. Um, oh, okay, the sea urchin prince. Yeah, still comes out to Nirvana, quite like that. Um, he took on Shunma Katsumata, who was the guy who got Chris Brooks banned from Twitter, um, because Chris Brooks threatened to kill him on Twitter, and oh, okay. uh, and uh, he he dobbed Chris Brooks into Jack, um, at Jack the man who runs Twitter, single-handedly, the man who runs Twitter. That's why Twitter's such a mess. That's why you can get away with so much on there. It's just that one guy, you know. Um, and, and he's still got a fine time to go out for drinks with Tom from MySpace. Um, right. So it's it's a difficult job. Um, so, yeah, he got him banned from, from uh, Twitter. So there's there's been a bit of bad blood there. Um, so he brought in Drew Parker uh, to take on Shunma to kind of to soften him up, teach him a hardcore lesson. And I quite like this because in Chris Brooks and Drew Parker, it was almost like a little bit of Telford had moved to Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, it, like I, I, there's something romantic about Chris Brooks and Drew Parker being reunited in um, in Japan. Um, I, I like, I, you know, I like that Drew Parker is so sort of um, deeply ensconced there now. Yeah. Um, to the point that like we haven't seen him in a long time. And I, I you know, I, my um my efforts to keep up with Japanese wrestling have never really stretched to Big Japan. So I wasn't really following what he was up to over there anyway. Um so it was very nice to see him. Um he wasn't wearing his funny mask. No. Which I'm happy about because I was never a big fan of it. Um Still a very handsome chap, isn't he, Drew Parker? Luscious yeah. mane of hair. Nice pair of um, pink shorts as well. Nice pair of pink shorts. Yeah. Um, the thing like then they, they did a bunch of dumb shit, didn't they? Yeah, it was it was one of those, um, it was a, a super hardcore, hardcore match. Um, no one yeah. seemed to know exactly what a super hardcore, hardcore match was. Um, I mean, if I'm honest, then. yeah, um, if, if I'm honest, apart from the, the skewers, um, into uh, Katsumata's head uh, by Drew mm. Parker. It was it perhaps more resembled a, a, a attitude era hardcore match than a, a big Japan death match. Um, yeah, well, it which, wasn't billed as a death match, was it? No, no, it was a hardcore match. Um, having said that, Katsumata, uh, Drew Parker is now going to do some more stuff with DDT, um, and Katsumata is going to do some more stuff with Big Japan. Um, including right. getting in there with the likes of uh, Ryuji Ito and Abdullah Kobayashi Jr. So it's not going to be too long before um, Katsumata uh, ends up with a body looking like Drew Parker. But yeah, they, they just yeah. did lots of stupid shit, um, in, including uh, slamming um, each other in, uh, on the, uh, the, the DDT van um, out yeah. in the car park, jumping off some scaffolding. Uh, trying to go yeah. through a table and uh, ending up missing the table with everything yeah. except the back of your head, Drew Parker. Um, so, yeah, it was like just one of those fun little kind of um, rangy brawls around the arena. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they uh, they they use the environment to their advantage. Uh, <laughs> so they did do that, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, there was some there was some Lego involved. Yeah, yeah. That, that Lego blocks. 
as, as the commentators were calling them, Lego blocks. Um, Lego blocks inside gacha capsules, which I quite like, because then you have the, yeah. the double threat of the shattering of the gacha capsule and then the ouchiness of the Lego afterwards, um, which was very good. Yeah, I mean, Katsumata had a, uh, a baseball bat with Lego stuck to it, um, which yeah. most of it fell off when Drew Parker twatted it with a kendo stick. Um, yeah. So, you know, best laid plans yeah. and all that. It didn't look particularly intimidating. No, no. Um, but yeah, another fun little match. And, and you know, uh, it, they, they called it the main event of the event, um, which yeah. I quite liked. Uh, the ring announcer called it the main event of the event. And even Matsui referee was uh, speaking English as well um, throughout yeah. this. He, he was asking them to ring the bell, um, which was uh, which was quite cool. Oh, not in that way. I mean, that sounded nothing like Matsui referee. No. Um, it, it will probably be a little bit racist for me to uh, try and do a proper impression of Matsui referee. And I'm sensitive to that now, Chris. I'm sensitive to it. Although earlier today, I did do an impression of Scooby-Doo and I wondered if that was a bit racist. I just don't know anymore. I really don't know. And, no. and then afterwards... <laughs> no, I wasn't. I didn't know where I was going to go with that. Do you know what Scooby-Doo's real name is? Um, no. Scuba do. Yes, stupid, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. After the show, um, you didn't watch this, uh, but there was a little chat show where Mr. Yeah. Haku sat down with Chris and Drew, and they drank a, a few beers and had mm -hmm. a, a brief chat about um, the, the lads, uh, their time in Japan, um, and the, how the show came together. And uh, apparently, Chris just asked uh, Takagi-san, uh, as he calls him. Um, if he could do a show and uh, Takagi said yeah fine book whoever you want um, and somehow he, he managed to book Miyu Yamashita, Shunmei Katsumata and Drew Parker um, three of his four best mates in Japan um, weird that but um, uh, apparently because there were no fans there the budget was very very small and in fact the the, the post-match beers had to come out of Chris Brooks's own money <laughs> um, and he said he was shocked when he when he got there and uh, realised that he, he ha actually had to produce the show. Um, everyone was coming up to him and saying, right, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? He's, he said, I, I just thought I'd just pick the matches. And, and then everybody else took, you know, took over from there. But no, he actually had to do some work. So I bet he didn't like that. Um, but, yeah, it was a nice little chat. Um, they're talking about doing a follow-up. Um, they, they managed to... Um, bully Takagi-san into agreeing to do a follow-up. Um, <laughs> Chris Brooks wouldn't say uh, who who was going to be on it because he says that all his dream matches, um, he says any match I can think of in my head is a dream match. Uh, and all the ones that I want to do, I think I can do them. So I'm not going to say them because it might be spoilers. So who knows what he's, he's going to come up with there. Um, but yeah, really fun little show. I'd like to see more of this kind of thing. I think DDT are going to do more of this kind of thing. It was their first show produced specially for their English language audience. And as mm -hmm. I say, two matches and a little chat afterwards. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a nice little, um, nice little thing to present to the world. Um, and uh, yeah, as I say, I half watched it because I was working, but I did enjoy it. Um, it's is it enough to bring me back into watching wrestling on a weekly basis i don't know that anything is frankly alan um, <laughs> well i mean wrestling. 
this this week, Chris, you have got the uh, the Titanic struggle between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy on Fight right. Fest on Wednesday night, and they have promised a puppy battle royal. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that is or if we're going to get to see it. Um, I just hope it's just like a paddling pool with a load of dogs in it. Um, and then the last dog left in the paddling pool, either by ejecting the others or because all the others have just wandered off board, uh, is declared the winner. I mean, I'd watch that. Mm. Well, they're already up against it with me because the event is called Fighter Fest. So yeah. The fighter being spelt with a Y. So, like, it's know, a gamer it's thing. It's, it's a gamer thing. It usually ties in with some kind of gaming convention. Yeah, so that's why it's what, called that. No, but I don't know whether that's a gamer thing. Is it? I mean, I don't not know. that I'm like, not that I'm completely plugged into gaming culture, but I've never seen anything like that. Feels like something that somebody goes, "Oh, we've got to give it a cool name." Put a Z in there or a Y. Like, <laughs> that's what it feels like to me. Like, well, next week we've got Fight for the Fallen, which you'll be disappointed to learn Fallen isn't spelt with a with a number four. No, oh, that's uh, it. Should be, shouldn't it? Fight for the Fallen. For the band Len. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'll be I'll be watching that, and uh, there's some more GCW coming up. Um. They're doing outdoor shows. Uh, everybody social distanced, everybody wearing masks. It's a it's a blueprint of the way to go forward. If you live in a country where it doesn't rain at the drop of a hat, um, mm. you know, I, I couldn't imagine even if even if our government had given us any direction as to whether we could do wrestling shows again, which they, they just haven't, because why would they? We're, we're very low down on the priority. But even so, you'd be a brave man to try and uh, run an outdoor show in the UK. Um, without some kind of backup plan but it does make me feel a little bit jealous uh, that I'm seeing these people actually getting to go to live shows um, and being good while they're at it maintaining social distance Chris two meters not one meter plus two meters mm. yeah I don't think we're ready for it well or obviously so we, we yeah we just don't have that culture of outdoors wrestling anyway right um or even like big venues really so you know what i was doing i was doing football training uh on the race course in northampton big park there Mm -hmm. and as we were we were just kicking the ball about and the this this group of four polish lads turned up um in the the bit of grass next to where we were playing Uh, they had some beers um put their beers down and two of them just had a fight um just you know punched hell out of each other and then they all picked up their beers and walked off that's the kind of outdoor fighting culture we need in this country i don't know about that i don't know that i agree <laughs> with that statement so what else have you been watching what else have i been watching um, i watched the 1975 version of stepford wives the other day right. yeah um which is very good i would recommend yeah. watching that if you've not seen that before um Started watching the new Perry Mason series. Okay. Um, with um, Matthew, what's his name from the thing, the Americans. <laughs> He's playing Perry Mason. Right. Um, and that's been quite good. Um, oh, I watched a documentary about. I watched. <laughs> 
There was a documentary about the making of the last Star Wars film on the weekend. Right. Um, the Rise of Skywalker. And uh, it's quite a fun, it's quite a fun documentary. It's like sort of framed as like, this is the last Star Wars film. Talk about the making of this film, but sort of in the context of the history of making all of the other films kind of before it. But there was like a 15 minute long segment um, where they were talking with and about the stunt coordinator for the film, Eunice Hutthart. Ah. At no point did they mention that she had won Gladiators. Back wow. In the 90s. Eunice no, they didn't Hutt-Hart. mention it once. Wow. Because she uh, was going to become a Gladiator, wasn't she? I remember there was talk of that, but she. Yeah. Like, I remember back in the 90s, she was like, uh, she did some stunt work on like one of the Pierce Brosnan James Bond films. <laughs> so I guess like that was it. Like she was just plugged into the, the stunt world since then. And yeah, she was like stunt coordinator. She was like, you know, she pretty big part of the making of that film by the looks of it. Like the, right. way, they, the way she was sort of presented and she was like basically direct, almost like directing like the action sequences. Is she um, still horribly scouse? She is well scouse, yeah. Yeah. He is 100% Scouse, yeah, it's funny, like, you've got J.J. Abrams there, who's, like, California through and through, and then he's talking to Eunice Hutthart, who is, you know, is like my one of my aunts. Right. Like, that's what one of my aunts are like. Um, yeah, so that was, uh, that's worth a watch. If, if you're, yeah. I mean, maybe not for you, but, like, if no. you're a Star Wars person. Yeah, um, well, I, I, I've nearly finished Broad City. I've got one episode left. Um, I've absolutely loved it. This final season has been like a really nice kind of farewell um, season for the whole season. Really enjoyed that. I watched yep. uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, um, which oh, was one God. of the worst things I have ever seen. And yeah, it, I'm back really sad about ago. that. I saw that back yeah. in January, I think, when it first went online and it is painful it's painful yeah. to watch it's like yeah, I, it's like some it's like something was funny but they've misjudged completely what was funny about it and like also like there are things in there which are like references like even in the original films yeah like those jokes were references to other intellectual properties yeah, but then they've just taken that same joke and put it into this other film. So like you've got like another step away from the thing it was referencing, and it just doesn't work now. You can't do a reference of a reference. Like, yeah, doesn't there was, work. There was too much mug into camera whenever they made one of these clever references. Oh as well. yeah, and it's just I thought Matt Damon was very good in it. His little bit I really enjoyed. Um, other than that, terrible. I mean, obviously if you've watched all the other films. And enjoyed them you will have to watch this um just for completion uh, but mm. i warn you it's a painful watch and uh, i've watched the first hour of hamilton um it's oh, yeah. very long um yeah. we, we we got an hour in we watched it my daughter wanted to watch it and uh, after an hour she tapped out she will watch the rest another time they never stop singing man yeah the musical well i mean like i know how musicals work but usually there's there's at least a bit of of acting between the songs. I don't know. Um, not, not this is just song, 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 song. Yeah. Um, fun though. Yeah. Big fan. Of, big fan of Peggy. Right. 
Okay. I mean, I've not seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, right. right. Oh, well, there you go. So. That's, that's I, I will watch spoiler. it. I'll watch it at some point. Yeah, it's but, on that yeah. Disney Plus thing. So, you know, borrow someone's login for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, that's about it, really. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm well into online escape rooms now. That's my new oh, thing. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I was up until 1am the other night doing one. Uh, right. <laughs> it's not really an escape room. No, with with, uh, with my old housemate Joe over right. over Zoom. Um, but yeah, it's like um, you're doing a thing where you're like, oh, you've got to try and track down this criminal. Um, but it was quite fun because it's like it sends you to Google Maps a lot and you've got to like work out these clues from things they've given you about Google Maps. And then you, next thing you know, you, you're doing a bloody Google Street view of inside Durham Cathedral. That's sort of thing. So, um, Excellent. Yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was fun. So that's the other thing I'm doing. Yeah, and I'm just writing my zine. Issue five's out on Friday. Yeah. Um, I'll have written all 92,000 words in those first five issues. Too many. Too many words. I yeah. don't know that many words. But where else are you going to go and read the history of bears in wrestling? Hopefully nowhere. <laughs> it's a because fascinating then story. you will have cornered the market. It's a fascinating story full of maulings. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. They're bears. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we call it a day then? I think we should. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, as we take our tentative steps back into this journey through um, wrestling of one kind or another. Um, will we be back? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Just because this is, this is the, you know, this is when me and Alan talk to each other. Uh, <laughs> and we're still mates. Even, you know, through thick and thin, we're still somehow friends. Um, <laughs> so... Thanks for listening. Um, Facebook group's gone a little bit quiet, I think, but I think that's to be understandable. Understandably. Given what's going on. Um, but uh, get on there and just let us know you're okay. Just check in. Just check in. Let us know you're doing all right. Um, and unless you've got anything else to say. Buy my zine. Buy Alan's zine. Give him some money and he'll post you a thing. Um, Till next time, go to bed. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. Up the hills that we climbed, where the seasons are high. All our lives we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. Up the hills. Starfish on the beach